Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. That's why I'm so involved in the community now. That's why I'm appointed to, you know, commissions by the mayor is because we were able to take advantage of technology in order to ignite real world change. And that is a skill that all women should be looking forward to. My name is Esprit Devora host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast as I get to explore Phoenix and all the incredible startup cultures located around the city celebrating their extraordinary women in tech. And right now I am sitting with Quinn. Hi, Quinn. Hi. So thank you for meeting with me so late in the day. I'm really, really stoked to hear about your journey. Go ahead, share with everybody, introduce yourself and share with everybody a bit about who you are. Hi, everyone. My name is Quinn Tempest. I live here in downtown Phoenix, and I have my own business. I've had it for probably the past almost eight years at this point. Whoa. Yeah, right? Amazing. <laughs> eight years in this fall. So I am a designer, a web developer, a digital strategist, and I also travel around the country speaking and teaching on all of the above topics. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so when did you first fall in love with technology? Oh, gosh. I think I have a memory of waking up early in like fourth grade as a 10 year old and getting up early because it was the only time I could get on the computer Yeah, because my, it was only one computer in the house at that time. And I remember just getting on and playing one of those like games from the cereal box. And I was just like obsessed with the computer and I started designing stuff in MS Paint. Do you remember that? Yeah. I mean, I never, wait, maybe I attempted to use it, but I've never been much of a graphic designer myself. Yeah. So I think I started designing like Beanie Baby websites at age 11, 10 or something. And I think that was just when I fell in love with technology and just and design especially and building something from scratch. And and how did you parlay, you know, tinkering around a computer as a kid to working in tech professionally now? Well, it actually took me a while, so I had a little bit of a convoluted journey. I actually went to school for acting in L.A. Oh, my gosh. No wonder you left L.A. (laughs) Yeah, everyone's in the industry. Yeah. And so I was, that was what I wanted to do. I yeah. went to London and studied there. And Oh, wow. And so how I kind of got into yeah. design was designing all the programs and flyers for all the plays I was in and websites for the plays yeah. I was in. And so I never really thought about it professionally. I just really enjoyed doing it. You know, I would always put together these fancy invitations for my housewarming parties yeah. and I remember a friend back in L.A. said, you know, you seem really happy when you're doing design and building stuff. How long ago was this? This was, at this point, eight, nine years ago. Right. It was before I moved back to Phoenix. And 
it was in this time where I was trying to figure out what I was doing in the world and my life. And I was working in event marketing because at that point I had kind of figured out I didn't want to do acting professionally. I didn't want to wait tables. I didn't want to be in that whole industry. So I got into a marketing agency and kind of started learning the ropes there. And that didn't end up going so well, actually. So wow, moving back. Yeah. Okay, and, and now you live in Phoenix, and now you love I do. it. I love it here. Yeah. What What about Phoenix makes it sparkle for you? You know, it took me a while to fall in love with Phoenix because I hated it growing up. Yeah. I wanted to leave as soon as possible. Yeah. I went to LA. I thought that was going to be my city. And so when I came back, it was only as a pit stop. Right. I thought, okay, I'm going to move to San Francisco. But then I started just exploring the city. And I think what did it for me was the people. Yeah. You know, I remember when I came back and I had a yoga teacher that would always say this. He said, everything is revealed in contrast. Right. And I think I started to notice how friendly people here were and how open they were. Not to say that L.A. people aren't, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But I just had a different quality of experience and I felt like people just opened their arms to me welcomed me into the community and I also got really involved in the downtown Phoenix revitalization so I think once I connected with the community and had kind of a a purpose to be here and a purpose to improve where I lived and my hometown then I kind of felt like that sparkle came back in my in my mind I think I think it's interesting this has come out a few times Mm -hmm. community and how much we crave you know, analog relationships, yeah. just offline, no tech relationships. And it's so funny because we utilize tech so much in order to connect, but right. we, it came up that it, technology actually in a lot of ways makes us more disconnected if there's no offline component. Yeah, and I think living in downtown Phoenix specifically, it feels like a small town in a big city. Like, I can't walk out my door without running into five people I know. Because it is so, yeah, because it's such a tight-knit, small community. Because if you think about it, downtown Phoenix was deserted, like, my whole time growing up here. And so only in the past 10, 15 years has there been a move back to downtown. Has there been a light rail built? Has there been businesses coming from Silicon Valley from all over to be here? Crazy. and it's just completely changed the environment and it's created a community of people that really want to see the downtown do well. I mean, this is all new to me because I remember when I lived in Tucson, when you go to Phoenix, you're only going to Phoenix to go to Scottsdale. Right. And that's that's now shifting. That's crazy. Yeah, I haven't heard anybody talk about Scottsdale. It's strange. No. Yeah, I mean, it's... Is, Scott, all- is Scottsdale still relevant? <laughs> It's relevant to the people in Scottsdale, yeah. I think. So that stayed consistent. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but you That's have, like an inside joke. It is. It is totally. And I think anyone that has been here gets it. Although, yeah. like, th- there are some good things in Scottsdale. But what you're seeing in downtown Phoenix is all of the tech companies are moving here. This is where the startup energy is. And then also entrepreneurs like me have a place to connect with like-minded individuals and create community for themselves. How do you continue to accelerate yourself forward? What resources do you access to learn, to grow, to develop your skill set? That's a good question. I think a lot of that is online. Like I know we talked about analog, but a lot of the business professional side of what I do to improve myself is through courses online. 
you know, a lot of people are releasing e-courses now that is just changing the way that people learn. Yeah. And so I signed up for a few of those to kind of help me with my business processes and just connecting with yeah. like-minded people through Instagram specifically is really good for that too. So kind of making connections online and then if I can bring them into real life. I mean, two questions. One, yeah. is there a particular educational institution you, you trust to get, is it, I know there's Udemy, General Assembly, yeah. Hack Reactor, Savi. I mean, there's so many. You know, I like to go with individuals. I just, oh, got that it. just is my vibe. Like I just signed up or I finished a course by a woman who helps designers with their processes. Nice. Yeah. And so she was just What's this person, name? Christine Thatcher. I don't know. Yeah. So she just started kind of this great course that gives you a step-by-step process to follow. And then you kind of mold it to what you do in order to create a scalable, repeatable process. And yeah. so I look for kind of individual experts like that yeah. who have created this great community of like-minded people yeah and it's usually online it's very interesting it's it's just interesting i i i get the shift because you feel like they're your friend and you could yeah. reach out if you need help and it's just different than being at a big institution right and they yeah. create facebook groups where it's private for the people who sign up so you can ask questions and i've yeah. gotten so much support through that so that's actually I think a really interesting change in how people learn and it's something I want to take advantage of in my own business too. Uh, one one thing you brought up was Instagram and I want to yeah. get into that and it's funny because I actually purchased uh, Instagram course. I think his name's Nathan Gunn. I can't think mm-hmm. of it right I now. I heard of him. Um, but he has the private Facebook groups and everything right. too. I may be butchering his name. Honestly, I don't remember. I haven't... <laughs> I've been so busy, but, um, you say you connect with people on Instagram. How do you use Instagram to connect? So it's funny. I'm actually teaching an Instagram webinar tomorrow. So this is very timely. (laughs) Uh, Instagram, it's just been so great because especially locally, I think that's been key is you just connect with people by following other people, seeing them post about them or mention them. And so I've ended up meeting so many great, good friends now, like professional friends in a way through those connections. Like we just start direct messaging each other. We're like, hey, let's grab coffee. And then one of my connections recently asked me to be on a panel where I met even more women. And then I looked around. I was like, half the women in here I met through Instagram. You just do the hashtag area or just a geo search? Yeah, yeah. You can search like for me, DTPHX is downtown Phoenix. I can see if people have tagged posts there. If I like their content, I'll say, hey, this is so awesome. Love your stuff. I'm in downtown Phoenix. Want to hear something? I think is crazy about Los Angeles. Yeah. So I've obviously I follow or maybe you don't know, I have an organization where I unite um, all the people in LA tech. Yes. And so I follow the LA tech hashtags naturally. And there are not a lot of Instagram posts with LA hashtags. Mm. So LA tech people are not utilizing Instagram and they also didn't really use Snapchat. So I'm like, that's interesting. What kind of tech people are you? Right. Yeah. And you might have to look at like more niche hashtags because what I found is those general bucket hashtags. Ours is Silicon Beach. Okay. So yeah, I think more niche ones might do well if they catch on. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. But I just, I think, I think we're not as cool as we (laughs) pretend to be. I think that's the point of You guys are so busy sitting in cars all the time. I mean, pretty I like I like how I'm doing the the selfie action on an audio podcast. Yeah, like everybody could see that it. just happened. Yeah, but I mean, you could feel the energy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, okay. So, what does success look like to you? Like, what do you what do you want your 
your business to look like? I know you said you are your business. So right. do you see yourself being an independent contractor moving forward? Do you see yourself building an org and having a team under you? Mm-hmm. What, what's what's in, in store for Quinn? So when I started out like eight years ago, I wrote out a business plan and I remember thinking, That's nice. yeah, right. I actually did it and I still have it. It's kind of embarrassing. AKA but, journal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it was like a printout. It was like very official. And, uh, I remember thinking I wanted to create a small agency yeah. and that was my goal and to be really connected with the community. And as things have evolved, I, I really don't feel like that anymore. Yeah. I don't want to go in that direction. And so about three years ago, I decided I was, cause I had a company name and so I decided, you know, people are hiring me because of me yeah. and I need to be a personal brand. And that was so freeing once I could include everything that is about me because I'm so involved in the community and kind of like out there all the time in the yeah. community. So I involve, evolved it to be a personal brand. And then I decided, you know, I'm going to go for this and really make myself into an expert because I have all the background, yeah. corporate background, all of that. And so success for me, well, first and foremost, there has to be a balance. That's that's why I got into being an entrepreneur, yeah. solopreneur was... Yeah. You know, in that marketing job in LA, I burnt out so bad to yeah. the point of like landing in the hospital for four days. Oh God, that's terrible. You're the second person today who's talked it's about awful. how working themselves sick. You know, and I, but I was young. I didn't know, I didn't know what boundaries were. And so really I started my business almost out of desperation of like, yeah. I am not employable. I did awful at this. I need to learn how to just do something on my own and figure out if that works. And right. obviously it worked. And so that's always for me what success is, is a balance health-wise, mental sanity-wise, and feeling fulfilled. So that's first and foremost. And then more tangible success, I guess if you'd say, is where I'm going now is to really move away so much from service-based work, even though I love it, and to really build something that lasts and helps a lot of people. Yeah. So you, courses like yeah. you were talking about and more speaking and teaching and because I have so much to say and that's kind of where I see myself going next. You know, okay, two things. Yeah. One of you heard of Kajabi? I've heard the name, but I don't know what it is. It's this rad tool to create online education. Oh, okay. I suggest you check it out. It's just like it's, teachable. Yeah, okay. kind of. Yeah, uh, probably a teachable competitor. competitor okay. is probably does the same thing, but that's just a random thought. Um, you remind me of Lauren, or is it no Laura Ruder who did mm. Edgar? Oh, oh, okay. I know that. You know Edgar, but I don't know her story. What? Yeah, I feel like she's your new silent mentor. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like super excited. Like, yeah. Google, Google search her name, Laura Ruder. So Laura Ruder is a designer Mm -hmm. or was a designer turned entrepreneur. I mean, she was kind of like you, an independent contractor designer. And then she built a software company. Mm -hmm. This get Edgar, I think, or Edgar. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's Edgar. You guys tweet me what it, what it is. And Laura, I'm sorry. She's so, such a sweetheart. Laura, I, I have not slept last night. So if you're listening to this, like, I am sorry. Yeah. But anyway, she's amazing. And um, she worked with this girl. What was her name? Oh, God, this has been so long. Anyway, doesn't matter. Google Laura okay. Roeder because you're you're a web design, kind of like floating around this independent contract mm-hmm. world but want to build a bigger business. Yeah. And she did it. 
That's awesome. She was like, she was where you are. Yeah. With the same interests. Mm -hmm. And then now she's built a software company. I'm going to check her out. Right now, I, I don't know. Home. I don't know if you necessarily want a software company, right. but building an org. Yeah. yeah. And so also I didn't mention, I was director of marketing at a, a large-ish agency for a while. So like I have the corporate experience and, the, and really my experience is in digital strategy. Yeah. So what I'm looking at right now is building something to combine the digital strategy part of things with the brand part of things, but then also bring in my personal experience yeah. of the hardships I went through, kind of learning to have balance and yeah. learning to be productive on my own. And so really empowering mainly women, but whoever that comes to yeah. my fold, empowering them to build a badass business yeah. online, but also live a creative inspired life. Cause I don't think it needs to be one or the other. Right. And I don't think we're taught that from a young age. Do you still do contract work for people or you just mm -hmm. mainly do teaching? I, yeah, I'm just definitely heavily, heavily still in service-based work. Are you? And I'm just starting the, like this webinar. I've done tons of webinars in my role as director of marketing, but I've never done one for my own list. How my exciting. Own. Yeah, what are so you using to power it? Meet, meeting? I'm doing webinar jam. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Are gym? The tools. I I'm going to try tools. it and see how it goes the first right. time. But I decided I was just going to offer three free webinars over the next couple months Dig just to it. get a feel for what people are liking. Because right now I'm getting a temperature check mainly on Instagram for like if people are resonating and that's going well. So I thought let's offer a little bit more and see if this is the right direction I want to go. Do you ever use Zoom? Yeah, I use that daily with clients. Yeah, everybody's into the Zoom. Uh, it's like video conferencing. Yeah. Uh, I have a kind of a random question of personal interest, so okay. I'm going to selfishly ask. Yeah. And I mean this, I'm not just saying this out of jest. Like, I, it's truly not me that I'm talking about. So I used to own a marketing agency. It was successful. It was a while ago. I, I had no passion for it. It's actually where I learned... Uh, this is a totally other story, but it's where I learned like what it is to have passion for a company and not mm -hmm. to have passion because I did not have any passion for that company. But you were still good at it. Yeah, but yeah. I just, no. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, the point of all this sleep deprivation chatter mm -hmm. is I truly believe in integrity and delivery. In the marketing world, the marketing agency world, the whole thing, even building technology, building websites and all things, to help someone create a brand to sell whatever they sell, a lot of times it's bullshit, right? Yeah. Like a lot of times marketing people say a lot of stuff, but they deliver very little. And they'll build a lot of stuff to make it look like they're delivering something, but really there's no results. Yeah. Like no views, no purchases, no customers, whatever, right? How do you get past the fucking bullshit is my question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luckily, it's not me on the recipient end, but right. I've just been hearing these stories. Honestly, that's like the complete antithesis of how I work. And because I'm not a agency. It's just me. Yeah. And for the most part, I'm working one-on-one -on -one with clients that are small businesses, entrepreneurs who are super passionate about what they do. And what they're looking for from me is to help them realize their vision. And so I would do a disservice for them and to myself if I'm not delivering on that promise. So like I can give you an example. Yeah. One of my recent clients, her name was Anastasia or is, uh, she had this idea. She's been, she was a very interesting background. She was a police officer, a um, park ranger. And so she was always in the outdoors, always teaching backpacking and just loved 
the wilderness. Yeah. And so she also had this keen interest of empowering people to see their full potential right. in life. And so she was like, well, what can I do with both of these things? Right. And so she decided she wanted to, and she, I think she coined the term, she wanted to become an inspired adventure coach. So, I dig that. Right? Like helping people feel empowered through right. their journeys in the wilderness. Okay. Like the wilderness is the vehicle towards empowerment. Yeah. And so she came to me I just basically that. having this idea. And she said, I've had this blog for a while. I'm getting traction, but I know I don't have a business. Yeah. And so I worked with her to create a website, which for me, when I create a website, it's way more than a website because they have to think through how do they present their offerings? What are their offerings? How do you authentically it kind of portray what you want to do. And so going through that experience, do you do the her, email funnels and everything? I help her with that. Like, and she was very foundational. So it was very much beginning. Like when people sign up for the yeah. blog, what happens next? Yeah. And she'll continue to grow. But yeah, depending on the client and where they are, I would help them with that. So it's all about for me working with those type of people that have the vision, but don't necessarily have the know-how to bring it to life online and digitally, and me working with them to empower them to bring that to life and use my skill set to do that. So, like, it's just a completely different thing, you know, because I totally get what you're talking about with the marketing agency promises, and because I've worked in one, and not I'm not to say that they didn't do a good job, but it's so convoluted. There's so many people looking at something that yeah. it just can get muddy. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, what is the actual ROI on this? Yeah. So I didn't want to do that with my business. I just want to help create, like my whole, my whole statement I say is I am in business to help people bring their ideas to life because when they bring their ideas to life, they are empowered yeah. and that in turn empowers me. So it's just a I different, you know, intention for your business. I love that. Yeah. Well, I kind of, I kind of went uh, sort of on a tangent, but I think it's important. See, it's funny because I get asked all the time. Like some people think because they're not engineers, like, am I in tech? Because right. I'm even I'm a designer, but I'm not an engineer or whatever. It, the tech business, like the business of tech, is many different things. You can't grow a tech company without knowing how to brand the product, without yeah. knowing how to emotionally connect with your audience, without knowing how to communicate and set up all your 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 communication funnels and chains, and know what the message is that you're communicating as a brand across all your social media channels to present a consistent magnetic um, imagery across all of your channels. There's just so much that goes into how to use the technology. Is the technology delivering the end result that it was built for? Like my, it's so funny, my We Are Light Tech um, mobile app, which I'm really proud of, which probably isn't the prettiest ever. And I could care less (laughs) because the intent of this app is that you can go on the app, see every event that's going on by any LA tech community organizer, and in under three seconds, add it to your personal calendar. And it does that. And so I don't need it to look extra pretty. It looks pretty enough. Like it does exactly what it was built for. You know, it's functional. Yeah. The one thing it's missing is an automatic way to add your event because we may, we manually as a team do it. But other than that, like, you know, and I think people get caught up in the bells and whistles. One of my favorite founders, Jason Freed, um, he always says, just because you can build it doesn't mean you should. 
Yeah. Yeah. True. Or just because people say they want something doesn't mean it's actually what they want, because then if you give them too much, then they have too many options. They don't know what to do with any of it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm right there with you. Yeah. (laughs) Is there anything you wanted to share before we start to wrap up? Oh, gosh. No, but I mean, I think just to your point is, is the women in tech and understanding like what technology is and kind of almost having like a, am I in tech moment? Yeah. Like that is so, that's so key to me because I think there's so many people that don't know how to use technology to bring their ideas to life. And so that's where I see myself is I do know the tech, you know, from age 11 onwards yeah. uh, as it's progressed. And I know how to use those skill sets to bring something to reality. And I think the more people can either connect with people who can bring their idea to life or learn how to do it themselves. Yeah. I think it's just so integral in today's society. You know, like yeah. I even since we were talking about downtown Phoenix, my husband and I years ago created a, we called it, it's so nonprofit. It's not even a real nonprofit. It was a community group and it was all built online. It was a digital platform. And the whole goal was to engage people in what they wanted to see for the future of downtown Phoenix. Yeah. Because people were so disengaged. They didn't even come here. They thought it was unsafe. So we used all of the digital toolbox and all those skills to engage people and that's why I'm so involved in the community now. That's why I'm appointed to, you know, commissions by the mayor is because we were able to take advantage of technology in order to in, in ignite real world change. And that is a skill that all women should be looking forward to learning. How yeah. can people stay in touch with you, Quinn? Oh, gosh. Well, Instagram, I'm on all the time. <laughs> so my handle is Quinn.Tempest, or they can check out my website, QuinnTempest.com. And can you spell it? Yeah. Q-U-I-N-N-T-E-M-P-E-S-T. Yay. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast, being patient with me. If you guys want to connect with more extraordinary women in tech around the world, go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. I literally manually go through every single request to make sure there's no BS in there, no bots, no bullshit, no spam. I Anybody who even attempts to post spam will get annihilated and kicked out immediately. I want us to have a community support and celebrate one another to accelerate forward. I think you're amazing. Remember to say hello at Women in Tech Show on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Bye. Women in Tech is an independently funded project funded by you, the community. So the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution. Every little bit counts. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.